We're back, everybody, after a little break for the Back to Warcraft podcast. We're here for episode 33, and we have a very, very, very good reason to record once again, because this week is DreamHack Week, Global Finals, $130,000 on the line, 16 players from all over the world coming to Stockholm, Sweden. And I think uh, by now we're allowed to say that we're coming as well and we will be there as well. And uh, for that, we have to talk about this a little. We have to preview this a little. And there's no one better than the German Meisterschaft's vice champion, the mayor of the town hall, one of the greatest of all time and one of my co-casters for this event. Hey, Todd, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm very excited for the tournament. Uh, you, you know, you talked about the main points, you know, like it's like there's a lot of money on the line, like all these players are going to be there offline, but it's also... It feels more special than that because we haven't had offline events, proper offline events for so long. The last one was Anaheim. We were supposed to get a circuit. The pandemic took that away from us. And then now we actually have an offline event where a lot of players that were supposed to go went. Unfortunately, a couple of them couldn't make it. But if you look at the final list, it's still like an incredibly stacked tournament. And in my opinion, it's just going to feel so special. It's going to be a great celebration of the last two years and the circuit that we've had and Unfortunately, also its conclusion, but what a way to go out with a gigantic tournament like this with this much money on the line. It's going to be fireworks for sure. And you mentioned this already. Um, I got a feeling that because we didn't have this for so long, this feels way more special than a WGL did in the past couple of years. This has almost World Cyber Games levels of hype. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, the regions, the regions don't clash almost ever. Like there's been a very few like fringe tournaments, you know, WT champions, but you know, there was like some apps uh, <laughs> in there as well. <laughs> I don't there remember. Some players <laughs> refusing to play. There were some forfeits. Whereas like now, I mean, I'm assuming there won't be any forfeit or anything like that. Like all the players that go there, it's going to be like Hitman, Insub and Kiwikaki rapping NA against Europe's finest against Korea's finest. Unfortunately, there is no Chinese players, but yeah, the list is insane. And yeah, it does feel super international and offline like a WCG would have and has a, has a lot of hype here because of this. It's going to be amazing. We can talk about the list of players and talk about uh, who's there and why they're there and who's not there and why they're not there. That is the, the best uh, start to this before we go into the groups and discuss possible future champions. As uh, we have no Chinese players. That is, I think, the biggest downside of all of this. It's pretty much like uh, when we started in Anaheim almost one and a half years ago or even longer than one and a half years ago uh chinese are not coming they would have been allowed to but there's i guess several reasons because the the major one would be when they re-enter the country they have to stay in a quarantine hotel for two to five weeks or something so no one to zero no colorful uh no fortitude no fly no chinese no lin yeah, the, the quarantine uh, requirements are just absurd. Like, it's, it's it's really, really long to stay in a hotel. And, you know, it's not like you know, stay in a hotel. It's not like you're at the Four Seasons with your computer and optical fiber <laughs> and then you're just grinding. No, like, no. I'm pretty sure you can't choose the hotel. You can't have, like, your own PC and stuff there. If that was the case, I actually think, like, some of them might have done it. And when I say it's, like, insane or, like, ridiculous, by the way, I don't mean, like... <clears throat> You know, like, it shouldn't be like that necessarily. Like, every country is free to uh, handle the quarantine and stuff, like, and travel however they want. 
But I mean, like, for all of these guys, like, they have a family, like, most of them are married and stuff. Like, can you imagine? Like, you're, you're just gone for this long. It just feels like forever. Because the tournament is one week long. So that's three weeks gone from home, two of which you're probably, like, right there in the city where you live. <laughs> and you can't even, like, see anybody. Yeah, it's it's kind of nuts. Like, uh, the, the Russians, though, that came to DreamHack, I think they had their own mini quarantine there as well, where mm -hmm. they're supposed to not leave their room for, like, three days or something. And that's also, that's already something, you know, like on paper, it sounds easy. Like, yes, we're gamers. haha. Like we don't leave <laughs> home a lot, but yeah, if you try and stay in a room, like all day, all the time, like it's, it's not that easy. I would just die because I can't smoke or I would smoke at the window and then get fined or whatever. Uh, but yeah, since like we know that Infi's wife is called the tiger for uh, various reasons, I guess I couldn't imagine if someone's asking her, hey, can I leave you for three weeks and leave you alone with a kid no no rather not probably not so it's very much understandable china has a very safe uh, or the the safest approach to this um yeah it's of course sad but it's also very understandable and we've been in chinese hotels and uh, some of them are of course very nice but it's a little bit of a lottery and hotel internet especially because you're obviously not the only one staying in that hotel everybody yeah. will be using it and then Worst case, you're stuck there without uh, Chinese Netflix, Chinese Spotify. Yeah, rip life, man. Well, the other guests are probably bored out of their mind with, it, with their quarantine. You know, they're like online torrenting. So they take a lot of bandwidth. And uh, yep. yeah, you, you can't get too many games going properly. So but yeah, you mentioned the players that will not be there. So the, some of the, the five players that were supposed to be there and that won't be are Fortitude, Lin, 1-2-0, Colorful, and Johnny Cage. So for the first four, it's three Chinese players. We just covered why. Lin as well. He's not Chinese, but he lives in China. So he will be subjected to the exact same quarantine requirements. And Johnny Cage is a... I'm not sure exactly if he's like a policeman. It kind of sounded like he was studying to be a detective, if that's even something that actually happens, like in the academy. And apparently, if you work in the police force in uh, in any sort in russia you cannot travel to a lot of countries or like certain countries and I, that's the case with sweden i've got to admit i don't know anything on like how that works or like what's the reasoning behind this but it's it's a gigantic shame in my opinion like he talked to me and he was like so sad he's like yeah. this is the best results <laughs> i've ever had like my dream has like been shattered like i just felt terrible listening to him yeah that was heartbreaking as well he reached out to me too uh, unfortunately i couldn't help him either um the the sad thing is i think there's 14 countries where they are allowed to go uh like the belarus and some other uh, former soviet countries and china and esl announced relatively late that the finals won't be in china and we w were I, I kind of knew it would be in Stockholm, uh, but I don't know if the players knew. So uh, that's that's a super sad thing. Like a couple of weeks ago, he thought, okay, I'm going to China, big trip, big tournament, all going to be great. Yeah. And then ESL, like you qualify and then ESL changes the location. And you're like, rip the dream, man. That is really heartbreaking. It's super sad, but I feel like we can't be harsh for tournament organizers also, because like we've seen a lot of developments like, you know, TY was supposed to be in Sweden and then yeah. it got moved. Like, countries are changing regulation, like, all the time. It's super hard to make offline events happen. So I'm, I'm thankful it's happening at all personally. But, yeah, like, maybe China was, like, super tricky. Everybody would have to do that super long quarantine, which I would have been done for it, probably, to be honest. <laughs> really? <laughs> two weeks? be in a hotel for two weeks, yeah. 
Just give me a computer, like as long as the hotel's decent, uh, the, the hotel room's decent, the internet's decent. I'll be the one torrenting and making sure you guys see the game. <laughs> oh, no man. problem. Two weeks behind the VPN. I'm not too sure, man. Uh, but okay, yeah, it's, I'm I'm kind of happy that it's in Sweden. So for me, instead of an 11-hour travel, it's gonna be 90 minutes, which is very relaxed for the first time in forever. And we have to talk about the players that are there instead of the five players we mentioned. And that is Insup, uh, Lucy, Kraft, Sock, and Remind. Yeah, and these were the guys that were in the rankings right under some of the people that couldn't go. So initially, only a player in the region where a player couldn't attend could replace that player, I think. So um, Insuperable ended up being the guy that had the most points outside of everybody that was like in the, the, the 15 guys. Krav somewhat replaced Johnny Cage and then everybody else is from the Asia region. So Sock, Remind and... Uh, is it Lu Chill or Lu Kale? I asked <laughs> like yesterday and I already forgot. Do you remember? <laughs> I think he said uh, Lu Kale, but we will hear this a million times over the past six days, I believe. He uh, will let us know and he will probably say it on stream as well. I'm super happy for Insup. He was grinding cups. Uh, she could never really overcome Cruncher and Hitman. So he was kind of destined to get this uh, third place because he had a bad seat in the summer season. But he was way more active than Kiwi, for example, and played a lot more cups and provided a lot more content for the scene. So... As a third place pick, insert man, I'm I'm all over the moon that I'm finally gonna meet this guy. There's there's there we will have some some boots together, that's for sure. It's quite a character. I think it's great that he's going also. It definitely would have felt weird, uh, sad if he didn't go. Especially because he was one of the guys that missed Anaheim initially. Yeah. I can remember like it was in North America. He was in my mind he was gonna go for sure and then he didn't go, he didn't have a passport at the time. <laughs> So now we got to find out everything that was happening with his passport and like how last minute and stuff he was going to get it. And he was actually kind of stressed. It's funny for me, like all these guys are like stressing super hard over travel. Like Krav has also been messaging me and stuff. He's like, so what clothes do I bring? Like, what do I wear? Can I wear track suits and stuff? I'm like, bro, oh, like, are you like, what are you talking? You can Sweet. wear whatever you want. You can wear pajamas to the venue if you want. Yeah. Like, why are you asking me this? Yeah, this is the second cool story. Uh, kind of goes for Insub as well. They've never been at a LAN event. I think their their rise in prominence just came with the Reforged launch and they never had the chance to play an offline event, but they used the chances they got for the online tournaments. So we'll finally see them. And Craft um, also, very dedicated, super, super nice guy. He was entertaining us already so much with like his, his Twitter post and how he acted on the player camera. And this is, this, this feels just right that he's there. It feels like he got the he got the reward for his hard work in the past two years. Yeah, honestly, I would have been really sad as well if Kraft wouldn't yeah. have been there. Uh, obviously, you know, the most deserving 16 were supposed to go, but he, he was just like right there at the cutoff points. He was so close to actually being able to make it. And especially if you look at the guys that he lost to, like he only lost to the absolute top competition, the Foggies, the Happy and all these guys. He even beat X-Lord in one of the seasons. So it's so cool to see that he's going there. He's super motivated. Uh, he's been practicing a lot. So yeah, very excited for him to play there as well. A pretty good race distribution 
overall, I guess we could say as well, like fairly even numbers. Uh, even putting aside like the players that couldn't uh, or that didn't end up being able to make it there. There is a certain undead overperformance, one might say, with uh, five players, but we gotta uh, say that uh, three of the replacements are also undead, so that wasn't supposed to be that way, with one, of course, scratch, that is one, two, zero. And they will have the lowest seed, Lukael and Kraft, and it's a probably not going into their groups as favorite, but apart from that, it's super cool, because usually in the regions we had either too many undeads, or too many night elves, or there was no orcs at all, or just this one human that could do something. And now we all merge them, and all of a sudden it feels kind of equal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Battle of the Regions is really like the big story there. Obviously, you have the fan favorites. Like, if, you know, if you're a Warcraft fan, you know about Moon, you're like, oh, how, Moon's, how is Moon gonna do there? It kind of feels like it's, you know, it should be his tournaments to win on paper for a lot of Night Elf fans and Moon fans, just because also there is so much money on the line. It's 50k for first, and then there is a price drop to 22k for second. So it's like, well, you know, Moon's the earningest player of all time. But then there's the happy fans. You know, they think this guy, he's got it locked. Mostly it should be orcs that will be a big danger to him. And I, I feel like... On one hand, a lot of people have a point when they talk about all these things, but at the same time, there's also a lot of misconceptions because in my opinion, Happy improved a lot against Orc, but it's still supposed to be a tricky matchup overall. So it, there's like all these question marks and we don't really know what's going to happen. You know, like I always talk about uh, human against Sundeads and like, uh, you know, I take as an example, Hawk's terrible record against Happy and then people tell me, well, Hawk is way worse than Happy. Like he's way lower in the, in the world rankings. And then all of these people brought up, well, how about if we had uh, Chimico or Sock against Happy, then, you know, on Fair Ping, then what would happen? We had a little bit of a preview tonight in the Open Cup. But to be honest, these games were really, really weird. Uh, I wonder, yeah. actually, a, a big question for me is who's sandbagging? Who's not playing serious on ladder? Because yeah. I watched a, a lot of uh, X-Lords games against people on various streams recently, and he's only playing DK. And I feel like every time I check on ladder, he's playing DK. And then I see him in tournament, he's only playing Crypt Lord. So this guy <laughs> is like the king sandbagger. Also, Chemico tonight played the tank strategy uh, against Happy on Tidehunters, and he played Mountain King second. If you do that strategy, you're supposed to go Panda second. So was he just oh. doing that with Mountain King within mind? He was saving the real hero that he would do it with in the tournament, or was he was he was he just doing a strategy he would never do anyway? We're going to get to find out about that. And those are like stories that personally make me very excited as like a hardcore fan. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially the happy uh, kryptonite being orc. The last few, like the, there are some arguments to that. When he went to BREC or something, uh, Fly kind of slaughtered him. But since then, we've had three to four patches. So everything is different since then. That was offline by the way but then in the uh, second most recent world three champions finals where happy was playing with focus it was a super close best of five series with happy having the ping advantage and then of course uh, the one side says oh you only won this because of ping and the other side said oh he has overcome uh, his orc weakness and uh, there's so many questions about there's so many mysteries and we're about to solve them all and also the question how good is hitman really yeah, that's that's pretty hype because North America historically they've had good players. They've had some players that have won tournaments internationally, like Wizard, you know, comes to mind. They had guys like Short Round, Nilknarf, and all uh, 
all those great players, uh, even Heather, like a long time ago, and also an undead player in like 2004. But now Hitman, it feels like he's very high up there in terms of like pot potentially being one of the world's best. So I'm very curious how he does now against all the best players in the world in an offline event, because I think he went to a WGL before, but he wasn't as good as he is now, like not yeah. even close. <laughs> like he's just practiced so much since then. He also went to Anaheim. So there is a bit of uh, experience on land as yeah. well, because that is now a factor. Like we remove the ping factor entirely. It will be the same conditions for everyone, obviously. But we uh, bring another factor back that we haven't talked about for like two years. And that is how do people perform on land? Are they getting nervous when there's lights on them, when there's cameras in front of them? Uh, can they adjust? Like, is it, the right height for the chair for the table do they bring the right uh, drivers and settings etc etc that is something that nobody really knows because everybody was just in the comfort of their home for two years yeah and some players deal with that a lot better than others i was always one of the guys that struggled a little bit with offline settings maybe i didn't put enough effort in like into figuring those out like perfectly and stuff Usually warming up a good amount is very important. And right now, quite a few of the players have already arrived. You know, they had to arrive earlier and they've been in Sweden. They've been playing in their hotel room, doing like the mini quarantine and putting a lot of games in. So that, you know, a hotel room is not built for gaming. Like the desk yeah. and chairs are kind of garbage. I'm sure they were getting great PCs, at least from DreamHack and the internet is also really good. But uh, I met some of the players that are going to be playing there and uh, they were playing really well already. I can tell you that. Happy just won... The ESL Open Cup against Chemico in the finals, who's also, they're staying in the same hotel and they met in the finals and uh, they both, it seemed like, were playing up to their full potential. Maybe not yeah. quite yet, you know, but uh, they were playing pretty well, I thought, for sure. Yeah, it's kind of weird how the players are arriving. I think uh, Lolite, Soen, Chemico and Sock, they're there for a couple of days already. Uh, Happy and Hawk as well. I'm not too sure. They, I think they have to stay because the Russian vaccine is not an EU-accepted vaccine or something, so they had to get in earlier. Yeah. For the others, I know that Lucy, Moon, Remind are on the way now. It is Monday night, basically. Uh, so I don't know why they left later. Um, from the Americas, Insub started his flight like an hour ago from Hitman and Cruncher. We don't know anything. And I guess the rest will just trickle in and get used to the feeling. Could be an advantage, and especially if you're coming from another time zone, you have, as Happy Hawk and uh, the Lawlight gang, a lot of time to adjust. Might be an yeah. advantage. Adjusting to jet lag is super important as well. And uh, yeah, the new guys that haven't been to these events, maybe they are going to struggle a bit more, but that's, I mean, Krav, <laughs> he lives in the same time zone as Sweden. In sub, though, he's going to have to be careful, you know, also... You know, on this stream, is he has a couple habits that sometimes make him play worse, so don't carry those over to Sweden, <laughs> even if you want to take the edge off. You have to be careful with that. Um, yeah. Should we preview the groups and uh, yes. who, who do we think is going to win? Let's go. Group uh, go A. Ahead. Finally, group time. Foggy versus Kraft and Focus versus Remind. It's always uh, the top seed here at the top, that is Foggy, playing against the bottom seed that is craft and then seed two versus three in this case it's focus versus remind this will be the start on thursday 1 p.m central european time the starting times are all 
over the internet on Reddit, on walker3.info and on Liquipedia. So if you're not in the European time zone, uh, click on those links. So Foggy vs. Craft, pretty much a rematch from what we've seen in the online tournaments. And curious, like Foggy offline always brings his five-star game. He th- he is one of the players who really thrives in situations like this. And for Kraft, that's for me a big question mark. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a tough draw for Kraft. For, uh, first, I would like to talk about the times, by the way, because you mentioned CET. Mm-hmm. It starts at 1 p.m. CET. But if you guys are watching from the East Coast, that will be 7 a.m. So very early for you guys. But there is, I think it's eight matches that we are showing in a row. And yeah. every match is like a one hour and 15 minutes brackets. So for example, the last match of the day on day one will be at 4 p.m. EST, which if you're on the West Coast, you're three hours behind that. So then the first match will be at uh, 4 a.m. And then the last match will be at 1 p.m. for you. So yeah, that gives you guys that gives you guys an idea, an idea on when to uh, be ready to watch this. I think some people actually... I heard Toxie, you know, made made sure, for example, I mean, obviously he doesn't live in America, but he made sure he had these days ready to just fully watch the tournament and enjoy yeah. it. And I think a lot of people are going to want to do that. But yeah, that's uh, East Coast is six hours behind and West Coast is nine hours behind yeah. CD. So just so you guys know, and in Korea, that would be eight hours ahead in China, seven, seven hours ahead. Yeah, I can add a little bit to that. Um, there's a time zone converter on all the pages that you usually get your infos from. And usually ESL and DreamHack were relatively slow uploading the VODs to YouTube. And I know, especially in the Warcraft scene, a lot of people watch via YouTube compared to other esports where Twitch is the main hub. But we're all older. We don't have too much time, you know. Uh, People rely on YouTube. So plan is at the moment that we're able to upload the games on the Back to Warcraft channel. And that will be 24 hours after the game if everything goes right. So that is a solution that we can offer then for the YouTube audience. Are you going to be able to do spoiler-free though? No, of course not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you don't want spoilers, then watch on Twitch. Sorry. I got this question so often, dude. It drives me nuts. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) All right. right, Back to the group. Um, Yeah, yeah, really tough draw for Krav, obviously. Like, I don't think he's ever won against Foggy. Yeah. So that's going to be uh, difficult, but that's the beauty, the beautiful part about this tournament is that he's had so much time. This is the most time he's ever had to prepare for this. And he has two elves in his group in particular. So practice hard for that matchup. Focus against Remind. I don't know what to think about this one because Remind just keeps on surprising us. So maybe <laughs> if he comes in really prepared, I might give him the edge. And then maybe a foggy Remind uh, match in the, in the winner's match there. But yeah, I would say foggy, obviously, clear favorite to take first place. Yeah. Like he just won, uh, what did he just win? Was it the WT Champions? WT Champions, yes. Super convincingly, like beating all the big dogs. He also made a semifinal at Next Winter, which was a tournament on Netty. So even with the ping uh, weights on, he can perform. And he's not going to be influenced by the offline setting. Not at all. I think for some Warcraft historians, it's super cool to see Focus versus Remind once again, because in the Zotac Cup days, these guys were battling each other like 130 times every single Saturday was Focus versus Remind in the grand final. And now seeing this maybe one last time, uh, it's, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. 
Riemann going there as well is really cool for me because like I'm good friends with him, but the guy is just a legend. Like he flies under the radar. You know, if you think of Elf, you're thinking colorful, low lights, moon, foggy, but Remind, trust me, is very high up there in terms of one of the guys that can do a lot of damage and that will be ready to deliver and surprise everybody. So pretty hyped to, to see him in action. And I think he has a real shot of, of making it out. I really think he's going to be crafted as the big underdog there and then between Focus and Remind to take the second place. Yeah, Focus is oftentimes the guy who underperforms at these offline tournaments. That was the case for a long time, um, pretty much throughout his entire career. He never had this offline championship except with uh, some teams he represented or uh, in like Nation Wars or something. But yeah, did Focus evolve as a as a person that he can just shrug this off now? Uh, or will he crumble once again? For some people, Focus is the big favorite, um, or one of the big favorites for this entire tournament. For others, he's a big candidate to be eliminated in the group. So, really interesting to me. Yeah, it's hard to know what shape he's going to show up in, but it's, it's that's going to be the question for everybody, but it still doesn't change, I think, the, the main prediction that most people would make, which is Foggy first yeah. and then Focus and Remind fighting for second place. All right, let's go yeah. to group B. Let's go! This is one of the hype groups, man. Hitman yeah. versus Lucy. I think we don't have to talk too much about it. Uh, <laughs> this is unfortunately going to be a Hitman... Uh, like, he will just stomp poor Lucy. Um, if he's not, I don't know, uh, finding a new god in himself or something. But Hitman, Axlord, and Chemico in one group... That's insane. Yeah. Uh, I asked Hitman actually about like what he thought about the group and he told me, well, Lou Lucal is a free win, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said that um, against Exlord, he seemed pretty confident. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he seemed confident that he was going to do it. And Chemico, he said, was winnable as well. And I think that's really also the takeaway that I got from a WT Champions match, which was very controversial because, you know, Chemico won one-sidedly and then Hitman just forfeited the tournaments. But the thing is, it was online, and Hitman had just woken up. I think this guy is a fantastic player, but he's terrible at conditioning. <laughs> and it's happened so many times. I heard that story as well in like the DreamHack Americas. He always wakes up last minute, like Carson's calling him. He doesn't even know that he has a match and stuff. This time, he's in Sweden. He's there to play the tournaments. I'm pretty sure he's not going to wake up five minutes. Oh, God, I hope he doesn't wake up five minutes before his matches. So I think it's going to be totally different. He's going to be awake and... Uh, he's he's gonna have warmed up and all that, and I actually think like he could do some serious damage if he's on his A game. He could very well take first place in that group, if that's the case. But obviously, Chemico, it's offline. X Lord as well. Like we shouldn't count X Lord up. It's really between those three guys here, and I can't tell who would finish first, who's super likely to finish first or even second. It's really about how well they prepared and how good they're gonna play there. Like X Lord, I think a lot of people look at this group and they might think, okay, Hitman and Chemico, like. Easy and safe. No, 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 no. Like, don't count X-Lord out here. He's going to yeah. come prepared, especially, I think, against Chemico. He could do some serious damage. Like, I had the misfortune of uh, fighting this guy in Meisterschaft, and uh, he's pretty good against human. He absolutely is. And I think for him, it's really good that uh, these big two tournaments for him, like the Meisterschaft finals and the DreamHack finals, are so close to each other. Uh, so he can try to peak now and put a lot of effort into his play right now even though there might be a lot of work um i think he has a higher uh, real life workload than hitman and chemico for example uh yeah. but but 
Tikken focuses his energy into these two to three weeks right now, and he has a bit of time when he's in Sweden, of course. This group is, for me, um, the epitome of this entire tournament. We got uh, three regions, three different races, and they clash, and three of these four players are super hype. Exlord can always go very, very far if he's motivated. Same goes for Chemico and Hitman, the big NA star. Will he put NA Lul to shame or will the scene continue uh, to to make a mockery out of NA? Kind of up to Hitman. Yeah, he's the big hope from NA for sure. I think Cruncher and Insup will, will have a much harder time. And in my opinion, he can do it. It's all about, you know, how well is he going to adjust to jet lag? How... How it's going to be his conditioning, you know, like just make sure you wake up early enough, have some food, like be disciplined with everything. And by the way, I feel like we should talk maybe a bit more about the price pool because we mentioned there is 130k on the line, but that also affects how much these guys should prepare, right? Like where you think, where you anticipate you might end up finishing. So 50k for first, 22 for second, 22k, $10,000 guaranteed for anybody that makes top four. So I think a lot of these guys that, you know, if you're not moon or happy, you might be thinking, okay, I really, I mean, in the first place, right? I really want to make top four. That should be the goal because $10,000, that's like sick. A lot of money, to be honest. Yes. That's just, like the whole season, like uh, every time that Happy won a Dream Hack, it was what, 2,400. Now, he, you know, it's like four times that. So uh, top eight is 5,000 bucks. Top nine to 12 is 3,000. And oh, I thought he was only 1K actually, top 16, but no, it's 1K5, apparently. So even if, more than I thought. If Liquipedia is up to date, yeah, should yeah. be though. But yeah, you can double your prize money with one best of three. That's one thousand five hundred dollars for one best of three, and that yeah, that's that's just insane, man. Um, yeah. I think most of these players have never won fifteen hundred dollars. Well, not not most of them, but uh, some of them, and most of them probably never won five thousand. So this is absolutely surreal how stacked this is. I think. Whoever gets top one here pretty much doubles. Uh, like if Moon is winning here, he doubles his uh, 2021 tournament earnings. And many of these players can quadruple or even more their career earnings yeah. here in this tournament. It's like a once in a lifetime opportunity for all of them. But let's, let's take Happy, for example. Like Happy has done really well this year, but he hasn't played Asian tournaments. He's mostly been like a Dream Axe, uh, Europe. And also like the open cups of which he's won an absurd amount. And you might think, okay, well, he's doing really well. He's making a lot of money, right? Well, he's he's doing all right for himself. But I wanna say he's only one and only one. That's you know, that's the keyword. Twenty or about twenty-five K. If he wins this tournament. <laughs> actually, wait, I have the number here of amount of tournaments that he won. He has fifty-one gold medals, two silver medals. So he's literally Finished on the podium in 53 tournaments and he's made 25k. If he wins this, he wins double of what he's earned so far this yeah. year. That's just nuts to think about. It's super funny to see, by the way, that in earnings, like in in skill and how much they uh, Happy has won, we have all seen the finals between Happy and Foggy and Happy always wins. But if you look at their earnings, they're not even $1,000 apart because Foggy is participating in absolutely freaking everything and Happy doesn't. And so at in the end, they come out with the same earnings. It's uh, interesting in the Warcraft scene how that works. Yeah, the, the earnings are talked about a lot and it's always something that's important. I feel like in Starcraft also, it's always like a, the, 
or can be the big story too. But yeah, Foggy is the one that's, you know, challenged himself a lot more, played on the Asian tournaments, uh, accepted to play with lag at times. Whereas Happy has been very reluctant to do that. And that also creates a mysterious part of him where like, obviously you know how he's going to play in most matchup. But I really feel like you don't really know what it's like to play against Happy up, up until you play against him on like low ping, which yeah. today it happened to Chemiko and I don't think he enjoyed it too much. No, that was a little brutal. If we uh, continue to look at the groups here to preview them a bit, it could also be pretty brutal for Insup because uh, he's up against Moon and that is never good. Yeah, Insup, like, he struggles against Human quite a bit and that's one matchup that he talks about, but I also think that against Elf is a tricky matchup of his. And now he draws the goat <laughs> in the first match. <laughs> yes. He gets another health in light in the group. And then he has Hawk, which is also a matchup that he really dislikes. So, you know, Insup, he's, he's going to get the boots loaded up probably ready uh, before the match even begins. And I don't see him winning a single match here, but maybe he can win a map here and there, hopefully. Yeah, I hope so too. He was kind of cool about it when the groups were drawn and he tweeted about it that uh, it feels too real that when he started watching competitive Warcraft, it was, of course, Moon dominating it all like 13, 14 years ago. And here he is uh, a couple of years later and he draws him first round. Like, that's that's a surreal experience. And I hope he can get a few of his patented surrounds in, you know, just some flashy moments that we all yeah. know from his stream and from some tournaments. And Insub has evolved as a player a lot. Is he ready for the GOAT? questionable is he ready for hawk and law light also a little questionable but i really hope this man gets a map and i don't think it's impossible yeah no he's definitely capable like i mean in the past he's beaten some big players as well i remember he eliminated foggy out of an open cup once as well uh by the way group a and b that's on thursday 25th but now we're doing group c uh we started previewing group c and d those are gonna be on friday and then obviously on saturday we'll have the quarterfinals and on Sunday, uh, the semis and grand finals. We start later on Saturday and uh, and Sunday. Yes. On uh, Saturday, it's going to be 3.30 p.m. CET, which is 9.30 a.m. Uh, EST. And uh, yeah, same time on the Sunday. So it starts later. So the Ameri bros, and we know there is a lot of Americans that love to follow Warcraft 3. Big shout out to them. We'll be able to better watch this at uh, more, I guess, easier hours. And imagine if Hitman makes it far. Yeah, that's going to be pretty cool as well for, the, for these guys to be able to follow that. But yeah, like this group, Insta, big underdog. I think Moon favorites to make first, most likely. Mm -hmm. And Hawk and Lola, it maybe battled for second. And that's also a very intriguing matchup here, where they meet first. And they have quite a bit of history against one another. It's so epic, man. Just this one series alone in the most recent War 3 Champions Finals, where it was, like Carson said, I've never casted a match like this. It was so awesome. It was probably the best match I ever casted. And these guys are so fun to watch. They never go 100% according to the standard. Um, they all have their almost like a own idea about matchups. I know that Lawlight absolutely hates the human matchup. I'm not too sure if it's uh, the same for Hawk. But yeah, it will be a lot about items between the players at least in the post-game talk yeah lola says that though but then he he obliterates a lot of humans yeah as well i think he's really sure. good in the matchup like he's beaten sock and chemical so many times he's dropped a couple series in there kind of weird he had a show match recently against th who's like you know retired and he actually lost 
Wow. To, uh, to, to retire at TH. So it's, it's really, really weird. You know, like you have to wonder exactly like how much, how hard was he trying? Was he hiding any sort of strategies? But Lolet is one of those guys that practices really well. I remember when Infi won WGL and he had practiced with Lolet beforehand. They both, in my opinion, were the two best players in the world in that matchup. Yeah. So now maybe it's more of the same. I mean, obviously he probably didn't play with Infi, but I think he practices hard with Chemiko and Sok. Which is weird because like this is the hardest humans technically for him to play against, but maybe it ensures that he's gonna be able to do well against Hawk in doing that. Yeah, Lolite is playing a lot of custom games always before big tournaments. He's also one of these guys where I think can he bring it finally? Can he bring it to the table? He was so close many times with like semi-final runs, but he was once at the WCA grand final, which he lost against Lin. But I remember last time uh, the regional finals where we said, okay, Lawline, this is his moment. He looks like the best night elf or maybe even best player in the world next to Happy. And then he crumbled and got pretty much destroyed in the group stage. And that was from home. So um, I'm a little worried, even though my heart is uh, probably right next to Lawline's name. Like I want this guy to win. Him or Foggy would for me be the the best story to just have this anime hero uh, arc completed with a big victory in the end. Yeah, I think, like, sometimes you never really know what happens. You just see the performance of a player. You're like, oh, you know, was, was he ill? Did he sleep poorly or something? I think burnout can come into play. Yeah. Hopefully all of these guys will have done, you know, the preparations for uh, to be mentally strong. And uh, they all show up on their strongest here. And then we don't really see anything like that, any, any underperformance. From anybody, and I think I think I would say Moon favorite for this group, and then Lowlight mm -hmm. most likely to take second unless Hawk can do something about it. And in sub, well, I'll see you in the lobby to, to hang out. <laughs> Back to the lobby. Back to, Back the, hotel to lobby. the hotel lobby, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so in all the other groups, I have a pretty decent idea of what to expect. Group D, no clue. Happy versus Sock, Cruncher versus Soen. Okay. Happy is gonna obliterate Sock. Soin's gonna obliterate Cruncher. Happy should beat Soin, I think. And then I think Sock should be Cruncher. I mean Cruncher I, I don't think he's is like a favorite to do really well in this tournament, but that's also because I don't know anything about his practice. You know, is mm -hmm. he not playing at all? Is he playing a lot of custom games? I think I heard someone say that he was playing some custom games, but I, I don't actually know for a fact. I haven't talked okay. to him in a while. So there is a chance he shows up strong, but this is just an absurd group for him to get, right? Because against Happy, like most humans are big on the dogs. So he's really good against human as well. And then Sock is also really good in mirror. So I would say Happy favorite to take first, in my opinion. And then most likely Soin or Sock in second place. I would say maybe Sock because, you know, I think... If he drops down to the low bracket and then beats Cruncher and he has to face Soin, he might be able to do it. I think from all the weaker tier players that, that we talk about, Cruncher has the best potential. Like if he really puts in the work, he could cause quite an upset. But then, as you said, the question is how seriously is he taking this? How good is his practice going? Sock and Soin both 100% mega motivated. Same must go for Happy as well. Is it really between the three? We'll see. I had a little bit of a of a wrench in my sock hype train when he lost to Sonic today, two and one. Oh, okay, that's 
That's weird. That shouldn't happen. Well, I lost to Sonic the round before, so I know <laughs> I know what he had to go through. Yeah, yeah. Lots, I don't know. Lots of warden. No, no, no. He actually oh. he played like keeper and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what's up with Sock. Um, he's been playing a lot of four v four actually, <laughs> and uh, I feel like actually four v four helps you for the bigger battle. When you mm -hmm. have like 80 supply, because like it happens so much in 4v4 that you have 80 supply, like all the ma almost all the maps are like no rush, you know, it's like long rush distance, mm -hmm. easy expansions to take. So it's going to help you in that phase. But if he's been playing less solo than maybe in the earlier game when the creep route, when you need to be on point with the denies, is not going to be as good. Uh, so hopefully he's on point with that. But yeah, that's a really tough group, to be honest, because Happy, you know, is kind of supposed to take first. And then against uh, Soin, there's no room for mistake. And also you can't count out Cruncher. I think Cruncher, his best shot in that group probably would have to be when he faces Sock. Maybe even against Sony, he might have a, a shot. It's really only against Happy that I think it's going to be uh, almost hopeless. Happy against Sock is a hype match, by the way. Like Sock has beaten Happy in the past. It's finally happening on offline as well. That's that's one of the things I was talking about earlier, where uh, that's his opening opponent. Imagine if Sock looks at that group and he's like, all right, I'm going to practice like crazy for weeks against Sunday to make sure I beat Happy in the first match. And then after that, it's going to be smooth sailing because taking first place is very important. I always yeah. talk about it during the DreamHacks, but then you meet a second place finisher from another group. So and when sick. I look at these groups here, by the way, I feel like <laughs> yes. there, is a, there is a chance we could have two players of each race in the quarterfinals. But obviously, that would, that would almost be crazy. Like all the stars would have to align and everything. There's also a chance we get four elves and then... <laughs> and then all else, four elves, three undeads. It's like, <laughs> three undeads is kind of unlikely, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I totally agree. For, uh, Night elves uh, look pretty good. Also, the groups look pretty good for that. Like Moon Lawlight, we talked about it. Uh, slightly favored in their groups. Foggy, definitely the favorite in their group. Remind can, can cause some trouble there. Uh, I agree. I totally agree with you. What about So Inverse Happy if that happens? I heard that on Ladder, Happy has quite some issues with Soen. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't really follow his stream too much or like those games. I just know he leaves when it's the server he doesn't like and yeah, usually yeah. he plays on low ping. So that means he loses a fair amount on lower ping mm -hmm. for him, which is maybe a little bit worrying. But usually, you know, I mean, I've beaten Happy like a few times recently. I think I won three maps this year, which before that I hadn't won a map for like three years. And I haven't even played Happy that much this year. In tournaments, though, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy if I kill a single fin. So yeah. ladder results, like, yes, you know, like they can give you sometimes a hint of how things might go down, but I wouldn't read into it too much. I think there is a chance that Happy just shows up and absolutely massacres so in. It makes him reconsider even playing this game. <laughs> that is a possibility for everybody who plays against Happy, I guess. Or it's going to be a reality check. Um, I want to know, Todd, who wins this thing to kind of slowly wrap this up. Oh, it's a tough one. I think the clear favorite is Moon and Happy, clearly. But then some people could really easily play Troublemaker. Foggy, like, this guy has just been incredible. He beat Moon recently. If somebody can do the heavy work for, let's say, Foggy and then eliminates Happy, and that somebody's an orc, then maybe Foggy can win the whole thing. Obviously, Foggy against Happy, he has a shot, but it's going to be a slim one. So I'm going to say... Luke Hell is going to win this one. 
How much money do you want to bet? I'm in. I don't, I don't care, man. I put everything on the line. My entire, you know, family, you know, business. Actually, I think like the bracket is going to tell us a lot once we see it, because, you yeah. know, in Warcraft, it works a, a way or another. Like, for example, Hitman, it's tricky matchup is Night Elf, right? So let's say the Night Elves lose to like, let's say human or orc or something, then Hitman has a real shot at going very high, even against Happy. That's a possible, that's a matchup I want to see. Like where we might get Hitman explored. Yes. And I hope that we get that, but Hitman against Happy, that's also, that also would be a sick matchup that yeah. I would love to see. So if that's not happening somehow, we have to arrange like a show match. Yeah, yeah. You know, the right to, to who's gonna win is I don't care. The viewers are gonna win. <laughs> yeah, which player wins because the viewers are gonna win. It's offline action between all of these like amazing players from each region, which we never would see that like uh, being even remotely close to fair, in my opinion, mm -hmm. online. Because yes, the the host boss are great and they reduce like they, they make it fairer than we if we would play on Binet, but it's still always tilted one way or another. It's very rare that you have a close matchup ping wise. Like for example. One of the closest ones would be me against Hitman, where we play on East, mm -hmm. and I have like 100 ping, and he has 80, but it's still 20 ping difference. That means that if I want to buy the Troll Priest or the Berserker, and I hold on the button, and he does as well, he will get it every single time. And that in itself, you know, it's like not the fair, not, not super fair. So obviously, it's like an isolated thing. But now, they are going to have the same ping. <laughs> yep. It's finally happening. That's so sick, I think. What, what do you think? Um... I just want one of the guys to succeed that I've seen rise across the scene in the past eight years. And that would be Foggy or Lawlight. Like, my heart is so deeply involved with these guys. I saw uh, Lawlight from being uh, almost no-name player in Zotac Cups to becoming this Master of the Warden who eliminated the human gods. And I saw Foggy almost conquering Shanghai when nobody thought he would even stand a chance. And that is, that is for me, the storyline. Like I'm not the biggest Night Elf fan per se, like race wise, but these two guys are so hardworking, so easy to work with, so likable, always willing to, to go the extra mile in like Foggy's case, always willing to do an interview. Lawlight, not 100%, but if he shows up, he's always super funny and trolling a bit. And, that would be my number one story. Yeah, uh, Chemico would go into that rank as well. Not as funny as a law lion, um, but his rise was immense. Like, at some point during the Zotac Cups, he was almost a laughingstock. Like, uh, people were happy when they got Chemico in the first round, and now he's the best human in the world for me, uh, unarguably as well, uh, for me at least. And that is, that's just super cool. Uh, one of these three would make me very, very happy. And yeah, I'll just let my heart speak here. Yeah. You know how like uh, in the Back to Warcraft chat, when a, when a player wins, his race was always in by and stuff in that game. Yeah. I feel like we're going to have the same scenario here with whichever player wins. If Happy wins, all the Happy <laughs> oh, fans God. and Europeans are going to be like, I told you, like it. He was never going to lose this, <laughs> even though it's very clear. Like when you look at a tournament like this, it's like if you play 10 times, we, we might have quite a few different winners here yeah. and there. Obviously, some the most likely ones, in my opinion, Moon and, and Happy would be very high up there to be yeah. repeat winners. And it would be the same thing with Moon. Imagine if 
Hitman wins the whole thing. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, oh no, we can't. Ooh. We would have to like separate North America from the internet so we never <laughs> hear that bragging in Twitch said. I, I, I would just ban all of America's from Back to Warcraft <laughs> Twitch chat and Discord. Uh, but no, of course, uh, good luck and all. I guess, yeah, that's that's kind of the preview, right? I think we covered basically What about everything. the casters? I don't, know who's, ca I don't know who's casting. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we can tell it now. Uh, it is going to be the usual suspects, which is kind of cool. Of course, we're going to have the Todd here as uh, one of the greatest players and broadcasters that this game has ever seen. Remo and I will be there as well. And I am super happy that we get Carson on the desk and the casting booth as well. Yeah, I think like for me, this is like, I want to say it's going to sound uh, arrogant maybe, but it's, this is the dream team. I mean, in that I really enjoy working with you guys. And I think like you guys are just the best to like cover those games with in terms of like this type of tournaments. And yeah, I'm so happy that we have Carson because he's just an amazing cast. Like the first time that we did the DreamHack Regional, actually, I was just immediately, I was like, this guy is just amazing. That's yeah. the first time he does a tournament this big. And immediately I even backed him. I, remember, I don't know if you remember to do the finals, even though it's very rare for like newer mm -hmm. casters to like do a finals. So I was just like, let him do the finals. He's just doing amazing. So he's, I'm looking forward to casting with him offline. Great guy to hang out with as well. And for the host, oh. it was supposed to be Kyle Harris. But he's, he's busy doing all the esports in the world in his command center in Poland. Uh, every single game that there is to cover, this guy is on it. So unfortunately, he was busy. And I suggested a Dutchman called Rotterdam. Oh, yeah. And he's going to be going there to host the desk. And I think that's going to be super hype to have an old schooler with Roddy. Like he's, he's always full of jokes. He knows the game really well. Uh, maybe not the game of of today as much but he's he has plenty of stories and i think it's going to be a blast to get to hang out with him and have him host the desk so we're just, looking forward to that just his smile alone makes it worse the casting fee that he's getting like the vibes he, yeah. he's he's spreading he's always in a good mood he was always in touch with the scene as well i mean we were together in uh, china in 2019 and roddy was super interested in how things are going and uh, i think we're gonna hear about farseer quite a few times <laughs> It's, it's so funny that it was his strategy back in the day. Yeah. He was doing Grunt Shaman and like playing aggressive. Obviously, now yeah. we see a lot more headhunters, but he's going to see that. He's going to get a real throwback. Maybe For that's sure. going to encourage him to play some more here and there. Yeah, I think he's the perfect guy. Um, as much as I love uh, Kaleris, but Roddy is just way more rooted in this game. And... Um, uh, that is for me the the very, very perfect pick. Just, yeah. Genuinely awesome. And he never really lost touch. And also, he was really invested when we ran this hot uh, cancer fundraiser thing. So Roddy was always there when we needed him. And he's going to be the best host that one can be. It's amazing. It's a really cool lineup. It's going to be didn't... sick. I, I, you know, I, I like to give him a hard time because, you know, we're a good friend and I know him for a long time. But he was actually a pretty good Walker 3 player. He won a Euro Cup where he beat Grubby in the finals. Who can say that? I can't. I've never been grubby in the finals of a Euro Cup or like in the finals of really many tournaments. So that guy was legit, and I think he has—he's got legit passion for video games. He's yeah. obviously he's doing StarCraft year round, but now the fact that he's available and able to go there, I think it's going to be super hype. So yeah, great lineup 
Uh, we got also a pretty good observer, Nial, who does StarCraft usually, and uh, I'm not worried about, at all about the observing, you know? Like, okay. it's something that I usually I wouldn't think about, and sometimes, you know, that's going to uh, bite me. Like, for example, WCG, <laughs> where that observer was the worst ever, but now I actually know we got discovered with this guy. He's going to be great. Okay, I was casting this uh, Happy vs. Chemico series with tanks all over the map, and I thought, okay, good luck, observer guy. You've probably never played this game, and stuff is happening everything, everywhere, but if he's uh, experienced from, from StarCraft with that, even better. I think it's a cool yeah. lineup. Uh, we will be in the studio, which looks amazing. We saw it on some StarCraft broadcasts, and hopefully the production did some cool stuff. They do a media day, so there's probably going to be some nice interviews. Uh, we got a pretty famous uh, translator lady working for the Koreans. So oh yeah, Hashin Sun. Yes. She did StarCraft uh, quite a few events before, including Nation Wars. She even hosted the desk there for some time. And these days she was uh, staying in Korea. I think working with uh, SKT, I believe. But yeah, she's great at translating and she will prepare her. I've already been talking with her. She speaks French. She is in French for some time. She speaks everything. She's awesome. I think she's going to do great. Wonderful. Then that leaves nothing uh, to be desired. The stream will be, of course, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESL underscore WC3. Uh, VODs hopefully on the Back to Warcraft channel 24 hours after uh, the live broadcast. If not, the VOD channel is ESL archives, and we have no idea when they're going to be online. But, you know, Twitch VODs are always your friend. Just like Todd. Todd is also always my friend. As long as I'm not talking about balance, everything is fine. Oh, we have to or talk about... Or if you about... beat me. Or if you... <laughs> oh, we have like to... a timer that starts for five minutes. Don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about five guys, but maybe after the offline event. Um, thanks so much, man, for joining. Mayor of the Town Hall, once again, guest here on the Back to Warcraft podcast. We see each other either tomorrow at this very time, like past midnight, or... Wednesday. Yeah. Let's do it. See you then. See ya.